A day after signing Orlando Brown Jr., the Cincinnati Bengals find out that former left tackle Jonah Williams wants out now, asked to be traded. Where could he go? Why is he asking to be traded? Are the Indianapolis Colts tipping their hand at their plan at quarterback signing Gardner Minshew? More quarterback movement around the NFL as well. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PANW is brought to you by the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Got some backup quarterback news, Matt. A lot of teams filling out their their roster at quarterback and getting that position set uh, with their starters and with their backups. Uh, we'll get to those movements in a moment. And I think that the Indianapolis Colts telling us what their plan is, and it shouldn't be too shocking what their plan is in the 2023 offseason. But first, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and longtime tackle now Jonah Williams has asked to be traded. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's the day after the Cincinnati Bengals signed a new left tackle in Orlando Brown junior uh is this just as easy as saying jonah williams thinks he's a left tackle wants to play left tackle wants to be on a new team to play left tackle yeah i think it's noteworthy because whenever i mentioned boy they got orlando brown at a good price i thought he'd be a lot higher paid than that now you can take jonah williams move him to either guard spot or right tackle or maybe jonah's saying nobody asked for in that by me i'm not cool with that you know I, i just watched orlando brown complain with the division rivals in, in Baltimore that, hey, I don't, I'm not, don't flop me between right and left. I'm one or the other, and I don't want to move. And I've put in, what, four years now at left tackle. I think he's a little bit of an overrated player as well. But the other thing is I just pulled up his contract information. He's making 12.6 this year, and then he's a UFA. So what would you get for a one-year rental if you do trade him? Would it be a trade and extend for the other team? I mean, I, I think this is a bit of a blow for Cincinnati in that I think that they were trying to kill two birds with one one signing and really only just upgraded at left tackle if Williams is going to be leaving because now it's going to open another hole, either at guard or right tackle. I have So that means he's playing on his fifth-year option this year, right, going into year five? That, that that adds up. Yes, I assume they picked that up, right? Yeah, with the first, yeah, first round player. Um, I assume the Cincinnati Bengals' initial response to that will be no. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I think that's a trade request, and and you know they they try to make their offensive line better here, and and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, even from you know pre draft, had projected Jonah Williams to be not a left tackle potentially right. that he could play very he was very much the Skaronsky of the draft five years yep. ago basically I'm saying right? the same thing right. and um. And he could be a great guard. He could be a great right tackle. He's had some injury problems as well. So I don't blame the Cincinnati Bengals for trying to get better and, and, and trying to move Jonah Williams off of left tackle. And and like you said, killing two birds with one stone, it looked like their offensive line uh, was going to shape up to be a lot better. And um, I, I, I can understand where Jonah Williams might be coming from, but I don't yeah. think that it'll be that easy for the Cincinnati Bengals to say, cool, because I don't know how much better they can get at that spot after trading him. So yeah, 
Bengals. They don't, they don't get better by trading Jonah Williams, even though they wanted a different left tackle. Right, and there's not a lot of linemen out there just that you can plug and play. You're not going to swap them for an equal lineman. You'll get a third-round pick for them or something along those lines. And for the Bengals, they still have a big chunk, chunk of cap space right now. They haven't signed Burrow. I mean, this is the last year that they can kind of go get anybody. So I think you look at it from a Bengals' perspective of, hey, we've been close to a Super Bowl title the last couple of years. We're not trying to get rid of assets. We're trying to win it all this year, and then we're going to have to get frugal after that, you know, to keep Burrow extended and all those things. Yeah, and the last part of it for for Jonah Williams is, well, clearly it's looking like he's not going to want to sign another extension after this year anyway. Probably so maybe you do want to, you know, at least listen to offers if you're the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But a team that comes calling, how many teams out there are going to say, oh, we're going to extend you or we're going to trade for you on a one-year $12 million deal to have you play left tackle for us? Because most of those teams mm-hmm. might say, oh, we also want you at left guard or right tackle. Yeah, I'm sure. Which I'm glad you brought up Skoronsky because I find this funny every year around this time is you look at Williams coming out, Skoronsky coming out, Isaiah wins another free agent. He's a little on the short side. And, and every scouting report says, not a prototypical left tackle, probably needs to kick into guard. And then they stay at left tackle for four years because there's not 32 that fit the mold. You know, you got to play somebody at left tackle. And yeah, maybe Skaronsky, Williams, Wynn, Zach Martin, whoever would be better at guard. But then I got to put somebody at left tackle who's <laughs> really, they can't move his feet, you know? Right. It's, I, I've, I didn't expect to get off on this tangent. Right, right, right. Because you see those scattering reports and you're like, well, this guy might have to play guard, but he's got the length. And it's like, well, if you're going to have a bad pass blocker because he's got bad feet, but he's got long arms, why not put a guy who might be a good guard that's a better run blocker that's still a bad pass blocker, but it's a better offensive lineman with short arms at tackle? Because you're going to get the same results, better results with the short arm guy. So who cares how long his arms are if he can't pass protect anyway? There there aren't that many Orlando paces out there. I mean, and I mean, really, there's like 20 left tackles on the planet, or maybe there's 50 offensive tackles on the planet that you're capable of. You know, you're 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 comfortable putting out there Sunday at one o'clock Eastern and, and blocking the Bosa brothers or whomever, and, and at least having a chance against them. So, is it a good idea just because he's six seven with long arms to throw him out a tackle against the Bosa brothers if he's stiff as a board and can't move? You know, I'd rather have the, that's like the Kelvin Beecham's of the world. He's six four. Everyone thought he'd be a guard. Thirteen years later, he's still playing left tackle because he could get the job done. You know? Yeah. I will say, though, I think Jonah Williams did hit that magic 33-inch arm length. Otherwise, he might have been like a second-round pick. or you know, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't hit it. So that, right, we'll right, see. right. Teams don't have the guts to put a guy under 33-inch arm length at offensive tackle in the NFL, which is yep. pretty cool. And, and I understand it hurting your draft stock. You know, if it's if I'm torn between the Georgia kid, Paris Johnson, you know, Jones, Johnson, and Skaronsky, okay, maybe he's third. But – Coaches don't think that way on game day. Like, I got to put five dudes out there no matter what. They don't let me play with four. I don't want to play with four. You know, like, I have to put a left tackle out there. Yeah, well, go go look at drafthistory.com and go mm-hmm. through all the first-round picks and go through all the first-round busts. And uh, the guys that busted are the guys that had the arm length and had the size, and you thought they fit the height, weight, speed, but they weren't good football players. And <laughs> then the ones anybody. that were short-armed but good football players played somewhere for a long time. Exactly. I mean, they're still safe. They understand the technique of the position. And offensive line is a very, very, very technique-oriented position. People just think you have to be big and mauling people, but it's not the way it works. So, yeah, interesting situation here with the Bengals, and we'll see if this becomes a standoff or if this is just mm-hmm. a, you know a, an immediate reaction and the you know, cooler heads prevail. 
And Jonah Williams sticks around and, and finishes his contract with the Bengals before hitting free agency and, you know, making some money from a team and, and being a versatile offensive lineman somewhere. Uh, or if he does get traded. And look, a lot of teams need a lot of offensive linemen, but the question becomes, okay, where's the team that wants to trade for Jonah Williams to be their left tackle. Does that mm -hmm. match happen around the NFL? And, you know, we don't have the time here, but if we went through all 32 teams, there might be a team or two that's willing to call and say, yeah, well, look, left tackle is hard to find. Ours yeah. is garbage, so please give us a, a Jonah Williams at left tackle, and we'll gladly take that for a third-round pick and maybe even extend him and keep him here for a while. Yeah. But, uh, more than likely, the, the suitors would also be teams that want to put him at left guard or, or right tackle. Yeah, exactly. I think that'll be the sticking point is, first of all, Cleveland, Cincy, as we talked about earlier, do they want to get rid of him? I, I think they would rather keep him and win, you know, and send him on his way after the year, get a comp pick in return when he signs a big contract a year from now. And if you're the other team, you know, that is going to kick the tires, like we have 32 fan bases listening right now. I bet 25 of them are like, I could use him. My team could use that guy. He's not bad. You know, of course, he could play somewhere on 25 lines out there, but that costs you a third round pick a chunk of money, and do I want to extend them? I don't know, you know. Real quick, I'll throw one more name out here to, to wrap up this conversation. The Chicago mm. Bears have done a lot. I in thought about that too. We're going to have yeah. to go back through the Bears and, and go through all of their moves. But one thing, two things they haven't done that surprised me a little bit. They've done a lot of work. Um, they're a better football team. Offense, defensive line. I thought they would yeah, spend yeah. more than that. And they have plenty of cap space to fit someone like Jonah Williams under a one-year deal or a long-term deal and probably could look at him and say he's an upgrade at it, many of the spots still on the offensive line. Um, they, they did Assuming he'll play a different position. You or, know, like, or even left tackle. Like, maybe even left tackle, right. They could say, hey, well, at least for a year, we'll put you at left tackle, and then we'll see what's going on here. Because we might draft another tackle, too. And um, But – the Bears might be a little bit of a fit for, for Jonah mm -hmm. Williams right now. Cause I think the Bears ran into some problems like, you know, going after Hargrave and then the Niners call. And so Hargrave's like, well, I'm going to go with the Niners, not the Bears. And, yeah. it, and so the, some of the top guys just kind of, you know, they got outbid for Mike McGlinch. He didn't want to go to that price point. I can, you know, not fault them for that. He goes to Denver instead of Chicago. So mm -hmm. uh, I think they could be in the market for one more big swing for a defensive or offensive lineman or both even before the draft. So Chicago Bears would be an interesting team for me there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the conversation you'd want to have with Jonah is, do you will you only play left tackle for me? Or if I trade for you and then I use the ninth pick on the Ohio State kid, you're kicking the guard or you're going to the right side. And yeah. He's like, that's fine. As long as we have a, an extension in place, I'm cool with that. All right, well, then let's make the deal. Yeah, money talks or it's like whatever yeah, yeah. bridges were burned. Would you rather play a different position for another team than a different position for the Bengals at this point? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to have that conversation at least. But it's interesting. I mean, starting offensive linemen, let alone left tackles, don't become available very often. Gardner Minshew, Marcus Mariota, Drew Locke, a lot of backup quarterbacks getting new deals with new teams. In particular, the Indianapolis Colts, I think, telling us what their plan is in the 2023 offseason next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Built Bar and the Built Bar March Madness Tournament that is now underway. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you love Built Bars. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'll be voting for the peanut butter flavors of the puffs or the, of the bars. Uh, I know in the Williamson family, there's a big fan of, of puffs there. And, and Matt barely even gets a chance to <laughs> eat the built bars when they show up on his doorstep, uh, his doorstep. But, and when you make your vote for your favorite bar or puff at 
builtmarchmadness.com, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky listeners will get a free box of built. And not only that, one locked on listener will get a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. And you got to try built bars, by the way. Go to built.com and find uh, your favorite flavor right now and favorite variety. They're the best protein bar ever, high in protein. Low in sugar, low in calories. That is the combination you're looking for and just an unbelievable amount of flavors. And I don't really even know how they do it. So uh, run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. Let's start with the Indianapolis Colts and the signing of Gardner Minshew. Uh, They've already released Matt Ryan at quarterback. It looks like Foles is going to be released as well. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. been official yet, but Gardner Minshew is is kind of the only guy there now at quarterback. And that is the most obvious, clearest stop-gappy quarterback plan. The Colts are going to draft a quarterback. Is that going to be at four? Is it going to be at three? But the Colts are going to draft a quarterback. Do they like enough of those quarterbacks? Because I thought we, we had talked about it, and I think some other folks have been like, oh, maybe Lamar Jackson. I don't think this is the Lamar Jackson play. This is the we're going to draft a quarterback play. I tend to think so, too. I mean, I like Minshew. I think he's the 30th, the 35th best quarterback out there. I mean, he's obviously not the ideal starter. He's about as good a backup as you can get. I, I often call him... The, the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he's going to bounce around team to team, one-year deals, probably start 70 games in his career, win 30 of them, you know, and be relevant and be happy where he's at and retire a multimillionaire and everyone's happy with it. Yeah, everyone loves the backup quarterback. Right. Uh, he's got the, the facial hair and the persona like, like Fitzpatrick. He'll come in, he'll have some disaster games, but he'll come yeah. in and have enough good games to where people are like, oh, I, I love, yeah, yay, we got Minshew. Yay, we got Fitz Magic, right? Yeah. So that's I got nothing the, to lose. You know, yeah, that's, the, that's the career he's carving out. But you don't sign Gardner Minshew. You're like, cool, we're good at quarterback. So uh, this is the most obvious situation here that they're going to draft the quarterback. And, and it was pretty obvious that was the path or or the most likely path for the Indianapolis Colts. But I think this just goes to you know to to show that's exactly what's happening and probably an indicator that they're like, well, I we know we're, there's going to be two quarterbacks gone. Eh, we don't care. We we still like another guy. And so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Indianapolis Colts. You can still throw that quarterback there in the mock drafts. I don't think they're going to be in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And Matt, we haven't heard anything about Lamar Jackson too. Once the league year began, and I thought we'd hear something about some team sneaking in there and having conversations with Lamar. Maybe they're able to keep everything quiet because there's no agents talking, and maybe that could work out to Lamar's favor in some way. And all of a sudden, we're just here. Oh, there it is. A thing has been. You know, there's no like. Oh, they're talking, talking. This is happening. This team's interested. This team's interested. It's just like, boom. The offer sheet signed. That'll be the story. Yeah, It'll yeah. Be that and that's it. So maybe that's what we'll hear at some point one of these days when teams are comfortable and free agency enough to where they can have that offer sheet hanging in the wind for a week while the Baltimore Ravens decide on it. But um, it just doesn't feel like it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts, even though I thought that might be what the story could be this week. Yeah, I mean, it's Lamar has to be a topic of conversation. I'm done talking about Rodgers, uh, but Lamar is a, a, a topic of conversation. I did think, you know, it's Friday. We'd have at least some rumblings. This team's putting together an offer, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I guess the Colts, Falcons, Commanders still could, but they've all signed somebody. Heineke, Brissett, Minshew. None of those are big enough to say, boy, I don't want Lamar anymore, but... 
with the Colts picking that high, I'm with you. I think they've decided we're not going to get Stroud. We're not going to get young, but we're happy with what we get. You know, and we'll, we'll take one of the other two and be happy, whether that means trying to move to three or not. I, just finding landing spots for Lamar right now is pretty hard to do. I, I mean, I tend to think he's probably going to be a Raven this year. It just it really feels that way, and mm-hmm. it feels like the Ravens, the, the way they tagged him, the the confidence that the Ravens had that there wasn't going to be a deal because that was the the disaster scenario for the Ravens was that there was an offer sheet signed that they weren't able to match, and I just think that right. that's not going to happen. And I think other teams know that they don't want to do a deal that's so crazy or can't afford to do a deal that's so crazy that the that the Ravens wouldn't match, so they're not even willing to try and do that negotiation for them. I, I brought up Washington time and time again, but going leading into this because you don't have to give up the 16th pick in next year's first, which probably is in the 20s. I mean, he'd be probably the best quarterback in the NFC. You should get to the playoffs, but their owner supposedly packing up his office and getting, you know, like, yeah. how do you make I, a Lamar move when the owner's not even, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm for sale sign, I'm out, I'm going to the beach, see it, you know. I'm glad you brought up Washington because the report today <laughs> came out. Uh, from Pro Football Talk here is that the Snyders have cleared out the commander's facility and there's a belief in the building that a sale is imminent. So yeah, right. Snyders are not even in the building right now. <laughs> right. So, so it, uh, it makes it hard, hard to, to make that big a move. Yeah, it's hard to make a move when there's no ownership to sign off on it, but maybe that changeover happens. And the new owner says, what's the biggest slash I can do? Cool. Let's go. Lamar, great. Bring yeah, him up. Sign me up. It. Maybe. Um, real quick note on these other backups. I went and looked at all their contracts, and they're all one-year deals. Minshew, Winston, who we didn't mention. Uh, who were the other ones? Mariota to Philly, and Locke staying in Seattle. They're all one-year deals, and they're all like three to five million, except for Winston. He's a one-year eight million dollar deal. Which I wonder if New Orleans is looking at that like, man, we overspent on that one. You know, it's, I, it's- I'm yeah. Go ahead. I just yeah, you were about to say shocked that these quarterbacks because they got less than Trubisky got last year. I know. I would take a lot of these guys over Mitch Trubisky, or at least you know yeah. Mariota. I would think would command more money. Mm-hmm. Um, Minch is good, you know. Yeah, and Darnold one year four point five. Um, okay, Minshew, one year three point five. Baker Mayfield one year four million. Drew Locke one year four million. Philip Walker two years five million. Marcus Mariota, one year, five million with the Philadelphia Eagles, which was surprising. I didn't expect the Eagles to, you know, they, they lost Minshew and they went in and, and went for Mariota. I think that was a, a mm-hmm. great fit for them. Uh, but I'm surprised Mariota wasn't able to get a, a stopgappy type of a deal for a team yeah. that at least he had a better shot to, to get onto the field than the Philadelphia Eagles. But one year, five million there. So, you know, none of these backups, two years, eight million for, for Mike White. Uh, but Jacoby Brissett's probably the one that got the what we'd seen from backup quarterbacks, the high end backups in recent years, one year, eight million. But we've seen eight to 10 million for a while for for backup quarterbacks. And there's just no market for him this year, which is which is pretty wild. It is really wild. And I'll be honest. I mean, just pulling back the curtain, there were some things in free agency that I flat out predicted wrong. You know, I thought Orlando Brown would get massively overpaid. I thought these corners would make a lot more than they did. Um, And frankly, I thought backup quarterbacks of this nature that have started games that were first overall picks, second overall picks, um, you know, a decent track record of being a strong backup. After we saw nearly 70 quarterbacks start last year, 
I thought these guys would be a lot more coveted. The people would look at a backup quarterback and think, man, I better drop eight to 10 million on a guy and maybe even have him for a couple of years. Uh, by the way, so um, Brissett to Washington was the team there. We didn't, we didn't say the teams for a lot of these. Right, right, right. A lot of movement. Your head starts spinning when you look at these players. Um, the, the one Baker that we, might start, though. The, the one that stands out is Baker Mayfield because he yeah. might start. And he still only got one year, four million. Yeah, that one's got a bit of an outlier, too. Like Brissett, if I'm him coming off, he had the best year of all of them, too. You know, of all those guys we talked about. He played well for the Browns, so his stock's higher than those guys. But Brissett and Baker, I mean, they're probably opening day starters. I mean, I think, I mean, not 100%. They're almost in identical situations where you want the young guy to win. But can you trust Howell or Trask at this point? I mean, I don't. At least Howell did a little something last year where there's some hope there. And they're, you know, they, they would love for that to be the case. But yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. You know, is there a rookie that gets thrown into the mix for either one of those teams as well? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of new backups and a lot of new teams. Jimmy Garoppolo, there was a, a, a bit of a scare with the Raiders yesterday. He was scheduled to have a press conference and kind of didn't show up for it. And it oh, was really? scheduled for today. And there was rumors that maybe he failed a physical and nobody really knew what was going on there, but it's been rescheduled for today. So we'll see if he does actually get announced as the quarterback. And I guess maybe they were, they were hammering out some details of the contract maybe because, you know, these Monday deals, th- this is the tampering period. They couldn't be signed until the new league year. So they're agreed upon, but unless there's ink to paper and we've seen in the past where teams change or players change their mind, end up on different teams than what was agreed upon during the tamper tampering period. So we'll see, maybe there was just a little extra that needed to happen here with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he looked at Derek Carr's contract. He's like, oh, give me a little closer there. <laughs> it's interesting. And just pulled up the quarterback contracts real quick. Andy Dalton and Jared Stidham are two others that changed teams for same neighborhood, you know, two years, 11, two years, 10. And, and you're right. I mean, I didn't realize that about Jimmy, but every year there is at least a guy that fails the physical or backs out at the last minute. And we haven't gotten that yet. You know, like it, the, the team officially announces the guy well after a day or two after we know they're going there because they got to give him the building, they got to give him a physical, and then they officially announce it. And nobody's kind of gone back on the deal yet, you know, that I'm aware of. I want to talk about a team that we haven't spent a lot of time on this offseason, Matt, and right. it is the Detroit Lions mm. next. Uh, what they've done, but more specifically, what a listener said to us about the Detroit Lions next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And wow, the tournament is upon us. And there is a million ways you can get involved and have fun with the tournament at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And now is the perfect time for new customers to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Love the website, love the interface, love the app. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to threes drained. Bet on your favorite school to uh, upset one of the big dogs in the tournament. And uh, NBA season getting close to the finals. Major League Baseball is going to be going every day all summer long. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and the NBA. Okay, Matt, Detroit Lions. I mm-hmm. want to go to 
one of our listeners here. We'll pull up the tweet. It All is right. from John. He says, I love at Williamson NFL saying, quote, this might be the last year the Lions pick in the top 10 for a while. <laughs> <laughs> End quote. He says, that's that not might be humorous Lions. 10 years from now. Who knows? He but says, it was. Yeah, he says, that's not how the Lions football. But they'll be back in the top 10 within three seasons. We don't get nice NFL things in Detroit. This is from a Lions fan, by the way. Right, right, right. And, he says, uh, and he says, we don't get nice things in Detroit. And when we do, we break them. What are your thoughts? Is this the end? Is this truly the end for the Detroit Lions picking in the top 10? By the way, that's not their pick. That's a good point, too. Right. They did not earn a top 10 pick. They were actually the... The team, the non-playoff team with the highest pick, the latest pick. So they had the best record after the uh, tiebreakers and all of all the non-playoff teams. So, hey, that's progress. Um, <laughs> I might regret it. I mean, I like what they're doing. I love that they have an O-line. I love their weaponry. Am I sold that Goff is a above-the-line starter? Kind of, but, I mean, could he crash and burn? Absolutely. I would be very much in the market for a quarterback this year if I were them. Maybe even a guy like Hooker from Tennessee. Um, but are they out of the woods yet? I'm not going to say yes on that. I, I really like where they're going. I love that they play in what looks like a worse and worse division in a terrible conference. You know, So are they going to be a top seven team in the NFC? I bet I will say yes when it's all said and done. Um, but I'm looking at their offseason moves. I'm a little troubled by them. I mean, the Cam Sutton move, and I'm partial because he's a stealer and I watched every one of his snaps, is one of my favorite moves of any team made. I think the Mosley one that you're more familiar with is fine. Go get corners. But yeah, Alec Anzala, I, I love the Mosley deal real quick because yeah, okay. he, he's, a, he's a legit starting cornerback. I mm -hmm. thought he was about ready to cash in you know, $12, $15 million per year range at corner, but he tore his ACL in October. I thought that's, mm -hmm. you know, so it actually opened the door. I thought, oh, maybe the Niners can get him back on a one-year prove-it deal because he's coming off an ACL, which is exactly what he signed, but he still ended up with the Detroit Lions on a one-year $6 million contract. He's going to get more money next year if he does stay healthy and he's able to play this year. I think that was a really uh, smart move, one of the smartest moves in free agents, to be honest, because he's a really good player, and as mm -hmm. is Cam Sutton. So they got better at cornerback, and uh, they sure. really have to break the bank for it. I don't like any of the other moves all that much, though. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I mean, like, I was shocked how little the off-the-ball linebackers that aren't Tremaine Edmonds made. And you're giving Alex Anzalone three years for almost $19 million. I mean, he was, like, the worst of the starters out there. Like, I thought he was a $2 million a year type of guy. And I know they yeah. love him and stuff and all that. And, you know, John Kaminsky and Isaiah Bugs and even David Montgomery, eh, you know, I mean – I would have liked a little more splash outside the corner signings. We we talked about how there was, you know, maybe offensive, some offensive linemen. I think, you know, um, Orlando Brown didn't get paid as much as we thought. McGlinchey mm -hmm. probably did get more, and, and he was one of the, 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 the top signings of the offseason. A lot of defensive linemen, even tier two defensive linemen, made a lot of money. But linebacker was the one position that I thought teams spent on more than I expected. You know, backup quarterbacks didn't get as much. Yeah, yeah. So – uh, yeah, interesting how that worked. And how about the yeah. just the swap of Jamal Williams for David Montgomery? They spent more on bringing in Montgomery from the Chicago Bears, who they've seen a lot of recently, and they let mm -hmm. Jamal Williams go to the New Orleans Saints. They ended up paying; uh, they're both three-year contracts, but they paid eight, uh, six million per year for David Montgomery. 
Whereas Jamal Williams got four million per year. Uh, is is Montgomery that much better than the known quantity in in Jamal Williams? I don't know. I mean, Williams. Remember when Williams was a Packer? Anyone that had Aaron Jones on their fantasy team hated Jamal Williams because he's out there in like passing situations and he's yeah. good in protection and he gets all the touchdowns as we saw from Detroit last year. But I think Montgomery's the better player. But I'm, I'm I mean, I I know your thoughts on it are just give me the cheaper running back. I mean, in in, in this case, I would be 100 percent on board with just give me the cheaper running back. There's there's they're they're in the same tier. I'm gonna block for them well. My passing game is going to keep people out of the box, so I really don't care who the ball carrier is. But I would rather, I'd rather play against Williams than Montgomery. And side note, we, we kind of talked about it a minute ago. I find it so funny that the league, like yesterday, was running back day. Today was backup quarterback day. You know, like th- these things. When there's five guys out there, they all like sign the same day. Miles Sanders goes to Carolina. Montgomery Williams. Yesterday was running back day. You know, it's just funny to me that. Uh, these things come in waves. Like you don't want to be the first guy to sign. And then it like the, the dam breaks open. Yeah. You're not getting great offers. You're Mariota. And you're like, I'm getting kind of 5 million. I feel like yeah. that could be more. And you're waiting, you're waiting. And then someone else signs for 5 million. You're like, I guess that's the market. Okay. I'll sign. Better take it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> locks are right up. There's, you know, the, the chairs are filling. I better take them quick, you know, but it's funny how they happen in waves. So uh, speaking of, we talked about this with the Colts. What about the Lions? Are they tipping their hand at pick six that they're not drafting a corner? Because usually you attack mm-hmm. needs of free agency. So that frees you up to go best player available in the draft. He, there is a cornerback on almost every mock draft going to the Detroit Lions at six. Are they signaling to us that maybe they're going in a different direction? Maybe it is quarterback mm. for the ones there. Yeah, I'm, I'm due to do another mock draft over the weekend. And I've always put Christian Gonzalez to the Lions. I'm not now. I mean, I probably will put best edge rusher, maybe something along those lines. And there's several to pick from at that spot. Again, if I'm them though, I don't love Will Levis, but if Levis is there or Richardson is there, I think I grab them. I want to just to finish this up. We we talked a little bit about running backs and, you know, who got better Mm -hmm. and, and, and how that works for the Detroit lions. What about their division rival, the Chicago bears who they stole David Montgomery from, they have Khalil Herbert there in Chicago, but they signed two running backs. Deontay Foreman on a one-year $3 million deal for how well he played in Carolina. I feel like that was yeah. like one of the better running back deals on the market. And then Travis Homer, who you know does more work as a sort of a third down style of a back, two-year $4.5 million uh, contract from the Seattle Seahawks to the Chicago Bears. How do you see that backfield now? Do you think Khalil Herbert owns that backfield, or is this just going to be a straight-up committee? I think Homer's a clear three-slash-passing-down guy. I'm a big Herbert fan. I, I think he's, you know, a, a, an asset in fantasy. I think he's a quality back. He's the epitome of your, you know, thoughts of don't go heavy on running backs in the draft because you can get Herbert in the fourth or fifth round and be quite yeah, happy with him. Six, was that what it was? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's been a really good back for them. I would think he beats out Foreman, but I, I continually, you know, sell Foreman short. I mean, coaches love him. He runs hard. He's aggressive, you know, he's a mutter in that, you know, nasty Chicago weather. I would think Herbert still is the one foreman maybe gets 40% of the touches, something like that. As the NFL turns, there's so much more coming this offseason. We could feel it bubbling. We'll find out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. We'll find out what's happening. Maybe, who knows? It might go through the summer, actually, with both <laughs> right. storylines with Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 
But when it happens, we'll have it covered for you. NFL Draft, we've got Mock Draft Mondays coming. We've got positional rankings coming, more free agent signings, and I'm sure some trades we don't see uh, coming as well. Thanks for making us your first listen on the yeah. Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, Locked On NFL Draft. And don't forget, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back Monday. Peacock and Williamson.